Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Thank you so much. Didn't our team do a wonderful job the last few weeks? My gosh, great messages, great word, great thoughts. The atmosphere of God was here. What a tremendous thing. Before I preach, don't start my timer yet, please, because I need to talk a little bit. I've been having so many conversations, I'm wearing my voice out already, and we only have one service. But um, just wanted to give you kind of, kind of everybody's asking about the, our trip, or, you know, our time away, and so I just wanted to kind of share a little bit. Is that okay? So it was just, we had a great time. Uh, many of you know, last year I wrote a book and last year, the week we went on vacation, the publisher called and said, we need it now. So I had to work all last year and it really wasn't fair to my wife because she didn't get a break. And it was really a, it, instead of being a rest, last year was just kind of a rush through. And so this year we really got to the layers of rest. I can tell you for a fact, we got to the layers because at least Five or 10 times, we forgot what day of the week it was. And we never do that when we're, you know, when we're in, the, in the grind. Some of you don't realize that, and some of you will know what I'm talking about, but if you've ever um, worked with your spouse, sometimes you can tend to become business partners or in our case, ministry partners, more than what brought you together in the first place. And you have to be intentional about working on that. And so we went away and we were Christians for a month. And not that we're not Christians now, but we, we didn't, we weren't, we, we prayed for you and then we left you with God. Okay. We prayed for you every day. We believed with you and then we released you. And our team was praying for you, watching over you. We're just very excited. We got to do stuff we never get to do. So my wife surprised me and said, the Doobie Brothers are on their 50th anniversary tour in Miami. And a week and a half ago, she took us to the Doobie Brothers concert, reunited with Michael McDonald. It was phenomenal. And it just, it, just, it just reminded me of one of the reasons why I just love life. It was just so fun to go there. And we tried a bunch of new restaurants and we had a lot of fun. Um, the only negative thing was I sprained my knee the first week. <clears throat> so I've been re- rehabbing and recovering. And uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's doing better. Just a little sore if I step on it weird, but uh, I'm out of the brace now and all that. So thank you for praying for me. Uh, and we didn't have them tell you that, but the team was praying for us and, and our grandkids were even laying hands on us when they would come see us. We were over at New Smyrna Beach for the whole month, which was phenomenal, just great just kind of get out of the territory and have a wonderful time. Anyway, it was just a really, really precious to us. And we appreciate it so much that you sent us, that our team sent us. And give it up for Pastor Lindsay, Pastor Chris, Pastor Tristan, Pastor Tristan. Great, great, great team. <clears throat> Deep bench. And we're just very excited for that. Anyway, so today, uh, last week, by the way, Pastor Chris when I saw his message, I didn't get to see it live, but when I saw it during the week, I was blown away because he, it was one of the best messages he's ever preached in the, in the 30, close to 34 years I've known him. And um, 
It was very powerful. And he kind of prophetically frames some things in what he said for what's coming this month, and he didn't even know it. So today we begin a new theme, new month, month of June. The whole uh, theme for this month is called, I call it new creation living. New creation living. Let's get right into the inerrant, the inspired, the infallible word of God. Uh, the, the timer has started, but I will say, uh, I want to make one comment about all this nonsense about Pride Month, okay? We love everybody. We love everybody. We accept everybody just as they are. We do not um, affirm every lifestyle, but we love people. And so it's not time to get ugly, but I will say I did find a new line that the world had crossed. And that is when this stuff got into Target and Kohl's at kids and bathing suits. I'll just say it that way. My friends, you can do whatever you want to do. You know, I'm not a boycott. Let's boycott everybody. If you had to boycott everybody that you disagreed with, you'd be in a little box somewhere and you wouldn't have anything to eat or anything to watch or anything to do. So it's not about that. But I do want to say to you that we're taking a few weeks off. We love Target, but they missed the mark. Pun intended. And so we're taking a month off from Target. We're not going to, we may not boycott them forever, but they've already lost tens of billions in market value by attacking the body of Christ. And I mean, attacking the body of Christ, hiring a satanic, known Satanist to design pride clothing. You know, pride goes before destruction is what the word says. It doesn't say pride goes before a fall. It says pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. We need to pray for those around us and love them, but we also need to take a stand and be heard on some of these things because when it crosses, when it comes to, to, to trying to indoctrinate our children, no. Uh, I, I've ignored largely a lot of the things that, as this pride thing in the month of June has grown over the years, <clears throat> then I can ignore it no more. The rainbow belongs to God. The rainbow is God's symbol in the heavens of a covenant promise that judgment would no longer be on the earth because he would send his only begotten son to be our curse. And so you do what you want to do. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm just trying to tell you, I'm an easygoing guy in this stuff, but it, 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 I had it up to here. Amen. Enough is enough. <clears throat> and if they're going to disrespect God to that point, I'm not, I'm not expecting Target to become Christian. But one of our own, Matt Chalk, it has been promoted again and again in Target and is now a regional, regional manager, regional representative back in Tallahassee over a bunch of stores all over Florida and I guess Georgia. I don't know. I didn't talk to the Chalks lately. I sent him a message the other day and said, Matt, we're praying for you because I know you must be in the squeeze. The pressures of the top down, but the pressures of the people speaking. And I believe this is a battle we're going to win. But we got to stand together in the right way in the spirit, right? Anyway, anyway, praise God. I just had to get that off my chest before we got... Oh, they gave me the new timer. Great. Thank you. 
Anyway, new creation living. Let's get into the word. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God's word translation says this way. Whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creation. The old way of living has disappeared. A new way of living has come into existence. That's what we're talking about this month. Romans chapter 12, verse two. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. There's a trans I can get behind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. They amplified this, said this way. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, the spirit of the age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs. But be transformed, changed. Everybody say changed. Changed Changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude. Say, I got a new attitude. I got a new attitude because of what Jesus is doing in my life, right? Amen, let's pray one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart, let your word come forth in power and fill us with that manifested, magnificent presence in Jesus' name. I forgot to tell you one thing. (laughs) Toward the end of the Doobie Brothers concert, you know, Michael McDonald is a professing Christian. Don't know how strong he is, what church he goes to. Don't know his flavor. But at the, toward the end of the set, the saxophonist and Michael McDonald started doing a gospel set and wound up going into uh, From Amazing Grace to How Great Thou Art to um, What a Friend We Have in Jesus and then went into taking it to the streets. And the place came unglued. People were lifting their hands I was shocked. God is moving everywhere that you'll let him move. Anyway, that just blessed me. I was, I was, I was excited, you know. I, know. I know what doobie means, but they, they, were, they, were, they were okay. <clears throat> anyway, this summer we're gonna talk, we're gonna look at how to keep our bearings in a world gone nuts. Okay? I think we need that kind of a message. Don't be conformed or conned into what you're forming into. Be transformed, changed. I had this, I woke up with a song in my spirit about two weeks ago in the morning. Just woke up with a little song. It's an old song we used to sing at church down in Orlando. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things have passed away. I've been born again. More than a conqueror, that's who I am. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. And that's where this message started just percolating in me. She woke up one morning on vacation, not as a pastor, as a believer, as someone who loves Jesus. And I started singing that song and started to get something inside my spirit. Why do we get all worked up? Why do we, you know, there are lines we have to deal with stuff on the earth, but generally, we're different. 
We're different. We're going to talk about that a little bit because it's important. Listen, one thing I want to remind you, getting into this new building is not going to be when we finish in August. And by the way, we're only like two or three weeks away from electricity, which is huge. I'll tell you more at the end of the service. But it kind of hit me that while we're building this building, God is working in us. And we've got to prepare for what that building means to us. Because it's not just going to be a new entrance, a new way to come into the church. It's going to be brand new because you may notice that the the, uh, palm trees, we had those beautiful Sylvester palms that we had for a few years and we lit them up at night. It was kind of iconic for us. They began to die the past year. Did you notice that? And so they had to pull all of them out. But now you'll be able to see our big screen on the road. And I thought about all these different things, iterations, changes we've been through in 33 years as a church. Ups and downs, highs and lows. That building is going to speak to people in a different way than this warehouse did. We want to show the excellency of the glory of God. Without, We're not building cathedrals, we're building people. But it it dawned on me that this summer, God wants to change us to prepare us to carry what that means. God, when God, you know, too much is, to whom much is given, much is required. So when you're given more responsibility or greater blessing, you have to steward that. You have to manage that. We have a cafe coming in a few weeks. That doesn't just mean good coffee smell in the room, that's gonna be good. But that's about relationships. God is in the people business, not the religion business. The world wants to put God into the religion business, put him in a little box and put the rest of us in the same box and relegate us to Sunday mornings. The message of the new creation is a message of a new identity an identity in Christ and the power to grow and change in that new identity. The message of the new creation is a call to transformation, not to just change. Listen, the moment you got born again, you were changed, but you really began the journey of change as well. You were sanctified, but you're also being sanctified. Sanctification a great doctrine of the church is, is now and it's unfolding. It's both. We're being changed. We're not yet who, we, who we're gonna be, but we're different than we were, right? And so, you know, there was a time when a lot of people thought that, that being holy was about what you didn't do. It's about don't, you don't do this, you don't do that, you don't do the other. Well, That's not really true. It's really more about what you can do, who you are, and even God changing the desires of what you want to do. Now, your new identity in Christ is much more than you realize. We've got to change the right way in the midst of change. The whole world's going nuts. It's changing. But change for change's sake, if, you, if, you're, if you're going backwards, if you're going down, if you're, getting, if you're devolving, if you're getting away from God, then you're not changing in the right way. We are, the Bible says we are being transformed by his image into his image 
by the Spirit of the Lord. And he's making us more and more like Jesus. Say amen. amen. Your new identity is not just for Sundays or like this Wednesday is our special time of prayer. It's not about that. That's part of it. But it's your everyday identity, who you really are. Your new identity as a child of God is supposed to produce an entirely new way of living. If it's not, you're not living in the fullness of God's best. Jesus, remember, Jesus Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. It is his position as Messiah, the anointed one of God. And as a Christian, a Christian, you are anointed ones with his power. I was, I was uh, moving some stuff around. We just got home last night and we're unpacking and we're resettling our house here. By the way, those of you who've been praying for our house because we had black mold a couple months ago, the black mold is gone. We are back. Amen. But we still have two rooms that are drywall is cut and that's, that, that's yet to be done. So we're working on that. It's a work in progress. But as we're back there, I was, I, I was putting some things away and, it, and it's, I noticed this bounty paper towel roll and it has the word bounty engraved into it. And I thought, you know, that's, the word says that Jesus has engraved us into the palms of his hands that we've literally been stamped with Jesus Christ on our lives and people can see it. It's invisible yet visible. But it's how you carry that. God wants to give you abundant life or bounty. Your new identity is that of being anointed. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 from the Passion Translation says this way. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, enfolded, look at that word. He has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Now, the word new there in that context, the new creation, that word new in the New Testament is a Greek word, kainos, which means this, unused, Fresh, novel, new in regard to form or quality rather than new in reference to time. It's not about time newness. It's about freshness. It's about, it's about something revealed. It's about something new, bigger, unused, pure. There's a new you. There's a new life. Our relationship with Christ affects every aspect of our lives, not just religious compartment. You are an entirely brand new creature. You're not just new and improved, but entirely recreated the image of Christ, a new species of me being altogether. You're, you're, we'll talk about it more in a second, but I remember when I first got saved at 19, I was raised in the church all my life, but I, I didn't know Jesus. I knew going to church on Sunday and I knew you know, when to stand and sit and when to do the responsive reading and what the agenda said on the paper, you know, on the program, the bulletin going in. I knew, I knew religious form, but I didn't know Jesus. He wasn't, 
I believed in God. Don't misunderstand me. I believed in God, but I wasn't heaven, heaven bound because I wasn't born again. I wasn't changed. Nothing had changed in my life except that when I was under pressure, I prayed more. And I, you know, you can pray and not even believe in God. You can, without knowing Jesus, you can, be, you can pray all the time. I prayed a lot and even had some answers by the grace of God, but he wasn't revealed to me yet. And something shifted. And I remember my concept, what, what, what I thought was a Christian was a better person, a, a good citizen, a good person that doesn't do bad stuff. That's what I thought of being a Christian was. That's why when, when I met this girl over here, uh, we're coming up on 45 years this September. 45 years since we, since we had our first date, September 28th, uh, coming up. And when we first met, we hung around a little bit just as friends. And, and, and she said to me, uh, as I started to um, make my intentions known, I, she said to me, are you a Christian? And I, I don't know if I'd really been asked that question before because I went to church every Sunday and I was a Presbyterian. And I said, why do you ask? She said, because I can only date Christians. I'm a Christian. I said, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. <laughs> you need to be a fish, I'll be a fish. I'll whatever, whatever, whatever you can date, that's what I am, baby. <laughs> Come on, you've been there. And so, I, and it, but you know, it kind of, it kind of took me back a little bit. But because I, at that point, I, I thought that being a Christian was about being a better person, and it certainly makes you a better person. But it's not about just being a good citizen. It's not about just not doing bad stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. The word new. It's about fresh and new, not recycled, not just better. You're re-engineered by God. No longer only human. Now, what do you say when you mess up? Well, I'm only human. Well, no, that's the moments where you recognize. If you hide behind that, then you don't get a revelation of grace. Because Yes, we are in this human body and we mess up. We say the wrong thing the wrong way. We, we have bad attitudes. I, I mean, I am a really positive person, but you don't want to drive with me. You don't want to drive with me. We were, we, we were back and forth in Orlando quite a bit and then down in Miami, don't get me started. And, you know, and, and I, I, I don't judge people, but I do judge drivers. <laughs> and for the life of me, I can't get over why the slow people get in the left lane. I can't, I just can't. I'm like, do you not know basic, like, are you, are, are you know, Turn signal. Amen, Michelle, with one, with one L. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. Use your turn signal. It's on there. It's not a big deal. Take you a little effort. But I've discovered on the highways now, for some reason, people are using the fast lane, the left lane, to do their texting. So you can, and you kind of see them because they kind of go over this way and then they kind of go over that way and then they look up and think, come on, you're doing 70 plus miles an hour. And you, what are you thinking? So I'm not saying we're not human. 
I'm saying we're not only human. That when we pull on the grace of God, that we are new, we're given a life of purpose and inspiration. We're empowered, authorized, deputized, and we're not limited in the same way as people without God. We're made new. All things become new. Let me ask you a question. Don't you love getting new stuff? Don't you love new? Let me be honest with me. I, I know a lot of the men, you don't, you don't get it, but how many like to shop? See, I like to shop. I don't like to shop for her. I like to shop for me. My friend, Pastor Chad Braswell calls it urban hunting. It's that hunting instinct and you're hunting. And my wife has trained me well to hunt for good deals. So I don't, I don't ever buy anything for the retail price. That's a nice challenge when you're on vacation. How many, like, how many of you ladies like new shoes? Come on. My wife found a whole collection of new sandals and she buys them, like, I can't, I mean, men's shoes, even a great deal is gonna be 50 to 100 bucks for decent, you know, decent kicks. She can get these little things at Ross or whatever, these really nice sandals. And she, built, she got a whole collection. I think she got 50 pairs. I think she only paid 50 bucks. Oh. Anyway, we all like new stuff. New car, new clothes, new shoes. That new car smell. But in case you hadn't noticed, the newness wears off. The freshness fades. The new car smell slowly changes into the smell of the daily grind. But there's something that has the supernatural potential to not only start out new, but to become new and fresh over and over again. In fact, every, every morning, his mercy is new. His, he, his faithfulness is new every day. Your spiritual life as you renew your mind in the word of God, praying in the spirit, chewing on the thoughts and promise of God, living out your supernatural calling, or just waking up with a song in your heart and thinking about what it means when you sing it out. Amen. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Whatever it is, God is constantly wanting to remind us that we're not just like everybody else. Amen. Not better than them just different because the greater one lives in us than he that's in the world. I love John 10, 10 from the Amplified says this, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they, us, the new creations, the people of God may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. My friends, I get concerned that people are living in less than God's intended best and I don't, for the life of me, understand why because I'm not talking about something that's expensive. I'm talking about something that costs you your faith, your expectation, your hope, your belief, your prayer life. Lean into him. One of the things we did, we didn't set out to do it this month, last month, but we 
we went from ice cream place to ice cream place. It's called the full gospel. There were new, there were new ice cream places over there, um, Port Orange and stuff like that. So we, you know, you have to try them. So we found out which one has the best waffle bowl and which one has the best flavor and went back to that. And it just kind of hit me one day. I even asked my wife, I said, if your spiritual life was a flavor of ice cream, what flavor would it be? I'm not talking about your favorite flavor of ice cream, okay? But if your spiritual life, if you had to describe to somebody what your spiritual life was like in a flavor of ice cream, Tell me right now, just say it out loud. What would, what would your, not your favorite, not your favorite flavor, your spiritual life. There you go. There's one, Rocky Road. Huh? I didn't hear. Bunny tracks. I don't know that one. I know moose tracks. I don't know bunny tracks. What else? Anybody else? Everything, everything but the kitchen sink by Ben and Jerry's. Oh, I like fish food by Ben and Jerry's too. That's a good one. Chunky monkey. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. You can go bananas with that one. Um, anyway, here's, here's my point. For me, I just, if, I had to, if I had to give you a scoop, <clears throat> I, my life would be, my spiritual life would be two scoops. One rocky road, one Oreo with hot fudge, hot caramel, hot marshmallow with whipped cream and definitely nuts. And I will say that life is too short to not put whipped cream on everything you want whipped cream on. I like anything, I like, I like whole cream, whipped cream, sour cream, cream cheese. I, I, just, I just like everything. Just give me the extra, give me the cream. If you don't like whipped cream, I'll take yours. I thought, well, maybe my, maybe my flavor should be heavenly, heavenly hash. Used to like that too. But here's the deal. If your relationship with God has become vanilla, we need to talk. I'm not saying vanilla can't be your favorite flavor of ice cream. I'm just saying to you, if your spiritual life is vanilla right now, this is the summer for you. Because God is going to challenge you and change you and add some flavor and some marshmallows and some nuts and some chocolate chips and some shavings and the this and the that. Vanilla is a loser. Not in, not in flavors. If you like vanilla, listen, I, I can take vanilla, but I have to have a bunch of stuff on it. <clears throat> if is vanilla your goal? That's the point. Is your goal to have a vanilla Christian life? Because if it is, you're missing the mark. You missed the whole point. We're growing, we're changing, we're expanding. We're pushing out at the limitations. There's no way we can let vanilla take over the world. That's why, that's why evil takes over. When we become mamby-pamby, just casual Christians, nominal Christians. Nominal, 
nominal Christian. What a, what a horrible title. When he's done so much in my life and in your life, how can we give him vanilla worship, PL? How can we give him vanilla worship? How can we just go through the motions? Just play the game. Just pretend he is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our whole heart. He is worthy of our excitement, our enthusiasm. He's worthy of a little jumping and shouting. If I could jump right now, I, I would do it. I gotta be careful of my left knee. God wants to do something powerful. I, listen, I came today expecting my left knee to be healed in the presence of God. Because anything can happen in the presence of God. Everything is changing. The spirit of the Lord is here. I'll finish with this and then we'll quit. Well, actually two more things, sorry. I got seven minutes. For those of you watching the timer. I always wanna, when I talk about these things, I always have to reference in my own testimony, one of the revelations that changed my life as a young Christian in the 80s was a motivational, Christian motivational speaker named Zig Ziglar, who just passed away a few years ago, great mighty man of God. And he talked about this, that everybody is in one of four seasons of life, survival, stability, success, or significance. Survival, stability, success, or significance. That we all, and here's the danger. <clears throat> he said, we all, the, the danger is we get, we get trapped. If you've been living in a struggled life right now and you're in survival mode, it's really hard to see stability as even a goal. If things are helter-skelter, if, if stuff's out of whack, if, if your house is out of order, it, whatever it is, all those things in life try to keep you in survival mode. But if you can get to, if you can just set a goal for stability, that, that's, that's what I do like vanilla. When, when, it's, when, it, when it's been trash and you're just struggling, if you can get to vanilla for that, there's a use for vanilla right there, stability. If I can get to where I can pay my bills, I'm not just begging at the end of each month to pay the rent or pay the mortgage. If I'm just, if I can believe for stability, stability looks like a miracle to me right now. Maybe that's you. But my friends, beyond that, there are at least two other levels. And you get so, you can get so when you're, when you're, when you're, when you get stabilized, you get that stability, you can go like, okay, this is all there is. This is, this is pretty good because we were in survival mode for a long time. So this is pretty good stuff. <clears throat> I just want to stay here. That's not God's best. Joshua 1.8, but this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall observe, really look at it, dig into it, investigate it. Observe to do all according to what's written therein so you will make your way prosperous, so you will be a good success. That's Old Testament. Before Jesus went to the cross, that was a promise. 
My friends, you were saved for success in your marriage, in your life, in your job, in your family, in your relationships, in your finances. You were saved for success and beyond. Everything in this world, Pastor Chris almost tapped it when he first got up here a little while ago in the transition. And that is everything in this world is designed in a fallen world to, to, to trap you in smallness, to trap you in limitation. And you have to push back to break out of it. Because beyond success, there is something else that is so life-changing. I'm not there yet. My, I feel like my wife is there because everything she thinks about is how to give something to someone else. She thinks about it all the time. Even on vacation. She's all, her first thought when something good happens to her is, how can I get this to benefit everybody else? And I admire that. I covet that. It's not my first thought. Uh, it's, it's coming up to second or third as I get older. But that's a life of significance. Significance is different than success because it's centered around helping others, not just yourself. Some of you like to know, because I... Uh, on my vacation every year, I usually read books about famous comedians. I like biographies about famous comedians. Otherwise, I'm just studying. If I do Christian books, I'm just studying. <clears throat> so I read stuff about... So this year, for my birthday, I got three different books, and I've, and I've got two of them started. I got another one on the horizon. But my uh, family got me uh, a new book by Ron Howard and his brother Clint uh, on being raised by their parents in Hollywood and coming out halfway normal. Uh, remember Ronnie Howard from Mayberry from Andy Griffith show? Anyway, now a big director. Really good book, really good. But my second book that I'm reading is a book by one of my favorite Christian authors, Stephen Mansfield. It's a biography about, the, about Arthur Guinness, the founder of the Guinness Brewery in Ireland. You think, Pastor, you, you're, you're reading a book on beer? Yes. I'm not a beer guy, not against it. I'm not a beer guy, but, I'm, but this guy lived a significant life and many of his family members now, almost 300 years after he lived, are still living for God and living to help other people. Significant life, philanthropy. Founded the Guinness Ale Company in Dublin, Ireland. Was a man of strong faith and big vision. When he leased this, the grounds for his brewery that's still there in downtown Dublin, he asked the city for a 9,000 year lease. Who does that? And it's still legal, it's on the books. He did a 9,000 year lease for 10 pounds a year. Back in, seven, in the 1700s. That's crazy. He didn't buy the land. Just got a 9,000 year lease. And then used his wealth and status to help his employees, building them houses, hospitals, and providing benefits unlike anything else of that era. 
He put a philanthropic heart into all 10 of his children in the 1700s. And many, so his firstborn son, Hosea, what could have inherited the brewery instead became a pastor. And successive generations, many became pastors. Second, anyway, it's gone down and down and down. I'll tell you more of the story uh, over, the, over the month. But in 1847, when the Irish potato famine starved thousands to death, his son and successor, Arthur II, opened his own property to feed the hungry and heal the sick in, in 84 years of age. In the mid-1800s, his son, then his son, Benjamin, by then the CEO of Guinness Brewery, opened the coffers of the company to do the same and help save Ireland because people were starving to death. That's significance. That's significance. As a new creature in Christ, every resource you will ever need, hear me now, every resource you will ever need to fulfill your purpose and destiny will always be given to you and available to you by God's functional system by which life works best, we call it the kingdom. Dr. Dave Martin says, don't let the devil feed you baloney when God's got T-bone steak. My friends, before us is opportunity. While the world is screaming about everything else at each other that it disagrees on, we turn on the light. We lift up Jesus and he said, if you do that, he'll draw all men unto himself. What's our takeaway? When you take hold of your identity in Christ by faith, you'll begin to understand what true prosperity really is. I don't have a lot of money at this stage of my life, but I'm rich. We haven't set aside a whole big, I'm believing God like everybody else, but that's not, our life has been invested in the kingdom of God. And we're blessed. And so are you. The greatest riches are in the people that you have in your life that are walking with you toward a relationship with Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for showing us your purpose for blessing us. We ask you to change us. Change us. Change us. Help us to be more like you. Father, forgive us for our selfishness. And help us not to be trapped in those modes, those seasons of time where we're just groping and grasping. But help us to live with a bigger picture and a bigger view of you and the world around us. Help us to make a difference while we're here, while we call it today. Show us this summer your purpose for the legacy building and what you want to do with us in it and through it. Change us, Lord, in Jesus' name. With your head bowed and your eyes closed just for a second, maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus as Lord of your life. See, that's what I'm talking about. To be born again is to be born different, to, to come into a place where internally, spiritually, your light goes on and Jesus 
reveals himself to you and through you in your life. He will not force himself on you. He will only respond when you invite him, when you ask him. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He'll never kick the door of your life down. He'll knock when people are praying for you. He'll knock on the door of your heart. That may be why some of you are here today. Someone, you, someone was praying for you and, and, and the Lord came knocking on your door and you've at least begun to open it a little bit. But to open it all the way is to say, Jesus, come into my heart, change me, forgive me of my sin, Forgive me for living this shallow definition and existence. Come change me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. If you'll do that and you'll mean it, then your life is shifting. The transformation has begun and you'll recognize who you really are and why you're really here. In Jesus' name, ask him now. You don't have to come to the front. I'm not gonna have you raise your hand today, but you can open your heart right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.